Hey folks, welcome to Small BizCast. This is a special edition for those of us who are coping with the COVID-19 crises and the disruption it is to our small businesses. You know, the small businesses that are taking the biggest brunt of the disruption. A few weeks ago, I booked Jeremy Lurie. He's a CEO coach and business psychologist. He's with the firm Chief Executive Coach. He was going to talk to us about best practices, how to grow ourselves as managers and how to how to be as effective as we can uh, with our businesses. And um, But his real expertise, his, that which he got his doctorate on, is on virtual teaming, on working remotely and getting the best from your staff and succeeding uh, in a virtual environment. And so it seemed to me more appropriate and more timely to bring him on now. Now, while a lot of us are forced to have our staff work from home, uh, some of us are working more remotely for the first times ourselves, this is maybe the first time we're uh, managing staff and there are things we need to know, things we should think about to uh, keep our staff happy, to keep our staff productive, to keep our businesses afloat during this very, very challenging time. Spontaneity is fun. Sometimes it's challenging and uh, takes a lot of effort to get something out quick like this and make it as good as we can. So thanks, Mr. Thrive Media. Thanks for doing this uh, fast for us. I know it was not part of the plan, but I think uh, given what we need to do to serve the small business community, I really appreciate you stepping up. And uh, Jeremy, thank you too. Dr. Jeremy S. Lurie, CEO, coach, and business psychologist, chief exec coach. It's a Plus Delta consulting company, and Jeremy can be reached at uh, jeremy at chiefexeccoach.com. On his website are videos that are very helpful, as well as some of his blogs, also very helpful. I really encourage you to take a look at his website. Uh, his links will also be on smallbizcast.com, uh, so you can uh, see the blog that we're referring to in our discussion. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on. Uh, are there many experts that do what you do? Uh, the do what I do is sort of a loaded question because I do a lot of different things and I prefer variety. Um, I do everything from leading strategic planning retreats with my clients when they're trying to figure out where we're going and how do we get there. Um, I do exit planning and succession planning with my clients when they're looking at how do I transition into that thing called retirement? How do I hand off the business to my children? Um, so there's a lot in that. What do I do? As far as being experts and family business and family legacy and supporting you know, the family office, not just the operating company. There are fewer people who've taken sort of our backgrounds and applied in that way. And then if I go to remote work, which we're talking about today, um, there are folks who wrote books on virtual teaming long ago. There are other people who write policies on telework, but I don't know those people these days. I mean, this has not been a subject that's been you know, a primary focus of ours for quite some time. Once the technology came out, people just started using things like Slack and Zoom. But, but I think getting into, you know, for today's discussion, it's much more um, important for people to pay attention to how they manage their workers when they're not in the office with them anymore. So the, the blog that you posted, I think it's today, is on. Yeah is on virtual teaming. It, it seems to be a reaction to the crisis that we're having with the COVID-19, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast. But in reading it, it seemed to me that, that although technology is a tool, is the tool part of the strategy, it really isn't the important part. The other important part is communication, expectation, management, flexibility. Those were the three takeaways I got just in the few minutes I, I read it before we came on. Now, I want to just preface it by saying normally I do a little bit more research before I do a podcast so I can more intelligently about it. Your, your blog was really helpful. 
Um, so I, I don't, but I want this to be of timely and I want it to be of service. I didn't want to push it mm -hmm. back. I want it to get, yep. what, what is that, is that, is that the takeaway you want to give is that it's really about the process, not so much the technology. The technology is dynamic. It's a moving target, but how yeah. you do it is pretty state static. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So if I go back to my doctoral research 20 plus years ago, um, I wrote a study on virtual teaming how to design an effective virtual team and how to support them once they're up and running. And you know, the primary finding was a virtual team is a team, first and foremost. So it's not about the technology, it's about the team dynamics, the trust and the communications. To your point, <clears throat> the um, blog that we're putting up online today is very much a reaction to what's going on out there. And I was talking to a client earlier today and he is the head of IT for a billion dollar global company. And he's talking about sharing some information with his employees later today because they have a remote workforce and are moving out of their offices right now. And I said, you know, it's about the psychology. It's not about the technology. There are great technologies out there. Zoom that we're using right now to record this is a great technology. Microsoft has great platforms. Slack, I mean, we could go on and on about the tools that will facilitate remote work but it's about the psychology of the people of how do we keep them calm and composed? How do we have leaders support the remote workers no differently than if they were in the office? Um, the example I shared was you could have a team member on your team role who goes you know, to a remote work setting, you're calling and they're not answering and you assume they're off you know, playing with the dog outside all day because they're not in the office or right. they're just pouring themselves into CNN all day, looking for the latest and greatest updates. And the reality is they were just getting up to fill the glass of water and use the restroom for three minutes that you called, right. but you're not going to know that because they're virtual. And right. so it really is about the psychology of all of this, not the technology. So, um, so you want to focus not so much on them being there as, as, as much as knowing what their uh, goals are for the day or maybe not the day, but whatever period you're, you're finding and making sure are really what you're trying to manage. You're not trying to manage yeah. behavior, you're trying to measure results. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the very first point in that article is it's not about punching the clock unless you have someone who's truly a, a nine to five you know, clock worker. For most of us, we will have a little bit more flexibility in our hours. Um, some of us may just need to take that break like you would have a lunch hour, right? You would have, you know, meal and rest periods, just like if you're in the office. So people may not be as immediately available if you call and check in on them. So it's not about what are the hours that they're working. It's about what are the results they're delivering. Are they focused on key priorities in line with your expectations? Do they have commitments that they're honoring day to day or week to week? Uh, but really it's that results focus that shifts when you're in a virtual world. It, it occurs to me that a lot of people are just not suited for that type of work, for working remotely. And, and so from an employee perspective, it may be very challenging to, be, to, 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 to do the same results or to have the same job without having the physical environment of an of a office or with, or with the distractions of having your dog you know, curl up on, mm -hmm. next to your feet. So I, I imagine it's, it's a big challenge for both perspectives, the management and the employee to succeed. Yeah. So, you know, we're in different times right now where it's going to be mandated that people stay home, for example, and therefore can't go into an office. So people will just need to work remotely. If I go back into the last few decades of this becoming more prevalent as an option, there are those jobs that are well suited for remote work, those jobs that are not. There are those people 
who are well suited for remote work and those who are not. And so you're spot on that some people need to figure out, yeah, it's fun to work in my sweats for the first day or two, but if I don't have a routine of showering and putting on my professional attire and going to my desk, you know, not sitting with my laptop on my couch watching CNBC or whatever's up in the markets, I, it's a really tough switch to make. Um, so it's important to set boundaries, whatever those hours are going to be. Maybe you work from 8 a.m. until 11.30 a.m. and then you take a real lunch break. Maybe you shut down at 6 p.m. now that we have daylight savings time and you get outside and get some fresh air for half an hour while the sun is still shining or setting. Um, but I mean, those things are really important for people to set their own boundaries and for leaders to help reinforce that because not everybody's used to working from home or in a remote location. Um, and you know, you talk about the water cooler. That's one of the real challenges here. And there have been some really good articles published already um, about that creativity loss when you take people away from their normal environment of being by the water cooler in a conference room. So I would offer that's where the technology can help. You can do a teleconference with as many people as you want. You can do video conference with as many people as you want. And so you can bring that virtual team together through the technology um, and help create some of that creative space. Now, a lot of people default to email, probably the most prevalent communication tool in all organizations. Email is not a creativity tool. Email is an information sharing tool. And so it's important to recognize what tools we're using and for what purpose. I don't wanna send you an email today with something urgent and you'll figure it out at six o'clock tonight when you check your emails. Right. I wanna text you or send you an IM to say, hey Joel, I need you right now for this one thing because I can't come knock on your door or knock on your cube wall and say, hey, do you have a second? So using the virtual tools for that can be really helpful. But again, back to creativity, having those conversations are really important. They're just gonna be done virtually now with a platform like a Zoom or Microsoft Teams. Oddly, that's just like it should be in any office, whether they're sitting next door or not. You shouldn't you put your urgent, you know, act act now messages on email, <laughs> right? And we get those. I mean, I I, I don't know about all you, the time. I get those all the time, and it makes me crazy. Yeah. Text me, call me, talk to me. I'm very happy to drop what I'm doing to solve an immediate problem. Right. I don't want to do it at eight o'clock at night when I'm catching up on what I missed during the day. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it seems like common sense, but it must be said, and it probably has to be led. Right. So if I go back to the um, kind of strategies here and the psychology of the people, if you are more explicit about scheduling the check-in, and let's say that you're my direct report, we could decide we're going to talk for five minutes every day at 9 a.m. And that's the rhythm we're going to create moving forward. We could decide with our team, let's say that there are five you know, direct reports um, who support me as a team, we could have a team huddle once a day or every other day at 4 p.m. I mean, that's a 20-minute conversation. Right. I'm not talking about death by meetings, which is a great book by Lencioni. I'm talking about creating opportunities for communication and that check-in. Mm -hmm. So you can create that you know, brief interaction, just like if you were all together in person. I happen to be a fan of video conference like this right now because it helps with that virtual connection. If I go back to my doctoral research, even people at Intel, back in the you know, mid to late 90s, we're saying we've banned video conference here because it doesn't provide that kind of connection. But now, I mean, the platforms we have available to us and the, you know, the speed of our connections, it really is a very viable tool. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, of, of office workspace being converted into 
virtual Starbucks because they want to create a collaborative mm -hmm. environment where people are just mm -hmm. in a casual play next to each other working and they when they need to drill down and really focus the earbuds go in and when they when they don't when they want to collaborate the earbuds come off and it becomes this unspoken yep. social net social cue of when when and when you can't speak to each other and that's that's the office of the future the office of the cubicle mm -hmm. is going away and the office of the corner offices are going away it's really going to be more collaborative space so when you were now 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 when you're reversing that we have to work for it looks like two weeks it could be two months a lot of people are going to have to work from home they're going to have to find official ways or formal ways of creating that collaboration so i like i like those check-ins i like i like that i assume though it could be the with the wrong manager though it could be abused where you have to <laughs> micro managing somebody who's supposed to be working independent it can have an opposite effect i assume yeah and, and i regularly coach people on accountability that word accountability for many really sounds like micromanagement right micromanagement for me is looking over your shoulder at exactly how you choose to do things that i need you to do accountability is about setting expectations and then achieving those results and maybe a check-in along the way to provide some support and so I would offer accountability is critical now. Micromanagement is not the answer. People have enough stress and anxiety just about current circumstances to where that's not gonna be helpful. But again, setting goals, focusing on the results, holding people accountable, um, very much an appropriate way to uh, approach this. And does, does leadership need to have their own coaching for during these times? Sure. Yeah, there's a big difference between being an on-premise local leader, and I'll even use the word direct supervisor, because a lot of people we're talking about, it's not just the EVP who's working remotely now, I mean, we're talking about frontline supervisors and you know team leads and such like that um, who are working from home. Um, it's very different to do that when you can look at someone, you have all the diagnostic tools on a dashboard, you can go talk to them in between calls if it's a call center environment, what have you, versus working remotely, and for people who are not used to that, and we'll need different check-ins, we'll need different status protocols. Um, yes, some of the technology can be there on their screens, but even that five minute daily huddle will make a big difference for folks rather than feeling like they're literally isolated working from home. Makes a lot of sense. How long have you seen temporary uh, situations like this go on before? Uh, that's like, a dangerous like, question. Well, um, I, obviously, I, envision a, I envision an office that maybe has a fire or something yeah so right and, and that's a, that's a good way to look at it none of us have seen anything like this before obviously we don't know how long this one will last um part of the message i shared in the blog post i wrote was I, mean, I go back to being a senior in college um in 94 after the northridge quake that's you know impacted us here in los angeles at least um and people set up telework centers in the Santa Cruz Valley because they couldn't get to their offices in West LA or downtown because the freeway infrastructure had crumbled after the quake. And so, you know, I've definitely seen situations like that, or to your point, you know, a fire in a building. A few months is not uncommon. Mm. Um, I, I don't know what this will be by any means because it's not the infrastructure that's impacted, it's, you know, the environment. Sure. Um, but it, I think people should be prepared for, you know, 90 days. And I'd like to think it'd only be. 30 days, but at most people, you know, when I'm talking about strategic planning and setting goals, most people can wrap their heads around a quarter at a time, mm -hmm. 30, 60, 90 day timeframes. Right. So the first 30 days of this really needs to be settling into, okay, we now use Zoom and that's how we connect with people. We schedule one-on-ones every, 
you know, Monday at 9 a.m. for half an hour, every Thursday at three for an hour. Um, and I think that sort of repatterning, that creating new infrastructure and new kind of communication guidelines will be this finding our way for the first 30 days. At that point, I'll go back to early virtual teaming literature. We use the metaphor of being bionic, right? So if, you, know, you ever watched the bionic man, bionic woman, you know, they had their implants that made them superhuman. Right. You ever played tennis, first time you picked up a tennis racket, it felt like a foreign object. But by the time you took some training and classes, it really felt like an extension of your arm. And I'd like to think that after we get through this next 30 days or so, these tools will become second nature right. to where we can become highly productive, understand people's schedules and rhythms, and then it will be somewhat uneventful if we look over our shoulder. And then, you know, I'd like to think within a 60 to 9 day window, we can get back to business as usual and seeing each other and all that. But I, I'm not a clinician and I sure don't know infectious disease well enough to guess on that. Should, um, and this is kind of off the wall, like, again, no research done into this, but I, I just know how much um, people that like going to work because of the social element, because they like the camaraderie, they like the joking, they like mm -hmm. the, the, the personal side that, that percolates to the top. Is it, is it appropriate for leadership to create just those types of meetings too? Just let's, let's just talk about anything but work. Let's talk about what it's like to you know, work in our slippers all day. I, I, absolutely. I, I'm all for personalizing our work experience rather than dividing church and state you know, work from the rest of life. Um, I would say the same thing in a non-pandemic environment, that if you have a virtual team of people around the country, start every one hour meeting with two minutes. Right. How are you doing, Joel? What did you do last night? How are the kids? Right. We need to be careful of labor laws and not asking about, you know, protected classes and all those situations. Sure. I don't want to go too far, but a social connection environment. Itself, you want to have, I, you know, my, my business is going in from office to office to office and office and I mm -hmm. can feel the air when I walk into an office that's uptight and miserable. And I always think, this is probably the least productive of my clients when, as opposed to when you walk in and people are, are joyful and they're smiling and they seem to have some enthusiasm behind the, their work. It's, 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 you can almost sense it um, just by the, even the body language of the people, just mm -hmm. the, their expressions on their faces and working alone, you're going to miss that. And a lot of people are going to just, I think you're going to have a depression setting for at least some. Absolutely. And so you have to, I think leadership needs to be coached or at least have some deliberate, fun exercises, even, I think you said something about exercise. Let's everybody go out, let's everybody go outside, walk around the block and come back and reconvene. You know, we can talk about it when we get back and just something on that yeah. level has to be part of the management routine, I would assume, um, just to create the esprit de corps that you want to yeah. have in your business. So we have a couple of different divisions within our firm. One is more of the business consulting side and that's where we wrote the blog post around remote work and some best practices as more of a company and leadership. Within the other division that's really about executive coaching and even working with families, we have a second blog post we wrote around um, living through the lockdown and coping with coronavirus. And a couple of the key points in there was absolutely exercise. You know, your mental health hinges upon your physical health. And right. whether you have a treadmill in your home that you could run on for a little bit to get the endorphins flowing, or you just choose to go walk around the block. Right. Movement and physical activity matters. Uh, but then also, everyone's gonna need to find that one thing. What makes you happy 
in this crisis. Some people, it's going to be a bowl of ice cream after dinner every night. Fine. Some people, it'll be a glass of wine before dinner every night. Fine. For some, it's going to be just reading a new book, you know, and we've got plenty of technology available to feed that. Yeah. This is not a different kind of a scenario um, where we are losing our connections and our technology. So, you know, read the book for 10 minutes every day at 10 a.m. and that becomes your morning break and do it again right. at 2.30 p.m. and that becomes your afternoon break. But yes, I agree with you. Everyone's going to need to find a different um, strategy because we're not going to have the, hey, Joel, do you want to go grab lunch today? Right. Anymore. Right. I mean, you way, could have virtual fuels lunch. lunch. It fuels a lot of people to have those. Yeah. Those, something to look forward to at lunch to go to the new sushi place in the corner. So it, I, depending on the organization, depending on the leader, because some people this would be really awkward and uncomfortable, but for many, I could have in my company just a standing 12 o'clock lunch Zoom session or Microsoft team session. I invite everybody, whoever shows up, shows up. And I say, hey, Joel, what are you eating today? And you say leftover steak from last night. And I go, great, I've got pizza I just warmed up. And we just chat for 15 right. minutes right. at our desk. There's right. no reason why people can't do that. It doesn't have to be remote. Work is work, right? Yeah. We are all humans. We all will have a natural reaction to this stuff where people just need to decide um, what's going to be most effective to get through this. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Anything else that we as leaders should know about? Be kind to yourselves, right? That leadership title is sort of a, a heavy one for some yeah. to wear. It's really easy for you to go into self-preservation mode um, and forget about others. That's why we coach them being a leader and be mindful of others. But at the same time, it's really easy to go into uh, a mode of selflessness and I'll do whatever my team needs of me. But uh, we all need a chance to just sit with our emotions and our natural reactions to things. You deserve to take the same 15 minute walk around the block that you're telling me your employee to take. And so just, I think all of us need to be much more mindful of the experience we're about to go through. Be kind to ourselves, not just try to be there for others. I would think, I would assume that also means talk to the people that you get your inspiration from as well. For mm -hmm. Talk to your mentors, talk to your coaches, talk to your peers. Um, don't be isolated yourself, uh, which is yeah. it's very easy to be isolated. I was talking to uh, somebody earlier today and um, they're heavily, they're, 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 their company's revenue is heavily uh, based on a school being in session. Oh, so, yeah. you know, they're going to be destroyed. They have to do layoffs and it's going to be a very painful period until they recover from this um, for a lot of people, not just the, and, and the, there seems to be a heaviness. And I could tell that he's, he's kind of doing this alone. He's not talking to the people that, hmm. you, you know, and so it was, there was, there was, it was actually, I had to cut the call short because of our call just now, but that's when I get off the phone with them, I'm planning to have a little chat with them. But who do you talk to, to mm -hmm. give you your inspiration, give you strength. I also sent them your blog. Yeah. Well, it'll be online. I'll send you a real link. Um, but I started my day at, 7.30 Pacific today with CEOs from around the country and one from Canada who are all part of a trade association. And it's the cold storage industry. If these people stop working, we will no longer have food in our grocery stores. And they literally do the distribution logistics to get food from processors and producers to us wow. to consume it. Um, it was a CEO group that was sharing challenges and opportunities and ideas on how to address this. They were coming together for moral support as well as true business 
coaching and support. So I, I absolutely would agree for all of your clients to have whatever that connection is, whether it's a true community of practice, like a CEO group or just a colleague that they call on. Um, there are some industries that are extremely competitive with each other. I happen to be a part of one that is truly collaborative. And it doesn't matter if you're the operator down the street or on the other side of the country, they will share ideas freely. And so it's really important to have those people around because it gets very lonely at the top if you're the CEO yep. uh, and business owner. Um, who do you go to for support is the question I ask all the time, whether it's a coach like me or you know, a peer within the industry that we're all gonna need that connection. So I'm gonna put your, uh, the link to your blogs on our smallbizcast.com website. Okay. Um, or anything else I can do to repay the favor of you coming on so spontaneously? Um, so the blogs will be up and I'm happy to share those links with you. We also have a video page on our chief exec coach website that may be useful for people who are looking at remote work or productivity and things of that nature. They're watching short clips. We've got them on you know, YouTube as well, but our website's okay. an easier place to consume them. And no, I, I would just offer anyone that you are interacting with, excuse me, where they're contemplating remote work and how to support their employees, feel free to um, share my information. You know, I, mean, I recognize that on some level I'm capitalizing on a bad situation and, and I have you know, somewhat of a heavy heart in doing that, but the reality is that I wanna help people. And I, I shared a suggestion with someone today during the CEO call that he was stuck, he's in Massachusetts, his workers are likely gonna start getting quarantined because they've had an outbreak within this community and they know that community spread is happening. Right. And he's really struggling for how to maintain operations. And I said, you know what? I don't know about your local community. I know about Boston a little bit. I definitely know about Los Angeles. Restaurants and bars and fitness centers will open shut down. I saw the news today, Marriott is furloughing many of their 100,000 plus employees. Like there are people who need jobs right, right now. And while my clients, may not be the exact industry they want to be in. I would imagine just like you, money is green. And, and if I have a good work ethic, I will take any job. So let's just try to help people find a good fit to keep the critical businesses open while many businesses are going to shut down. Yep. That's great advice. And we have to support our small business, support our communities. Uh, yeah. When I started the small business cast, it really was to be of service to the small business person to, to mm -hmm. remind them they're not alone. And it's, it's a tough job. And to do, and sometimes it's rewarding and beautiful. It's a wonderful life at times, and other times it's painful. And you have to go get to these tough times. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Jeremy. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna- My pleasure. Yeah, I look forward to going back and doing the other um, session yeah. when we're not under crisis and when we have time to talk about the bigger story for small business owners. But in the meantime, I really hope that this is helpful for you and for your audience. Okay, very good. Thanks a million, appreciate it. Yeah, all right, have a great day, bye. Jeremy, I know the small business community joins me in thanking you for doing this so quickly, so spontaneously. I also want to thank Mr. Thrive Media for producing it quickly and editing it in real time, actually on my son's birthday. Happy birthday, Charlie. Shout out to you on your birthday editing this. But the reality is that small business is facing the biggest challenges. We're trying to run our companies, serve our customers when most of our customers aren't there with our staff not being here. And that's not an easy thing to do. And just knowing that we have the resources like Jeremy and uh, is, is really uh, a blessing. Um, we put Jeremy's blogs and a link to talk to him directly on our website, smallbizcast.com, which is also there to be a resource for you, the small business owner. 
Remember, we want to hear your success stories, answer your questions, do everything we can to help you succeed because small businesses are the backbone of America and we endure the hardest challenges there are and somehow always come through. And so be proud that you're running your company. And uh, thank you for being part of our community and thank you for listening. Until next time, Joel Volk signing out.